0: Hello, all you damn beautiful people out there in podcast land. My name is Paul Workman. And I'm Zach McCoy. And welcome to our Thursday show, Thursasey, a show where we discuss the perennial Oscar bridesmaid and knower of cinema, Martin Scorsese. Zach, what are we watching this week? We are watching the documentary
1: Woodstock, 1970 American documentary film about the three-day music festival and watershed counterculture movement, um yeah and and it's a lovely Lovely. concert film and other things that we'll talk about
0: (laughs) yeah and you might be wondering why we are covering this because martin scorsese did not direct it specifically he was an assistant director and an editor on the film so yeah knowing that zach this is your first time watching this movie
1: This was my first time sitting down and watching the movie. I've obviously, I I say obviously, but I have seen, you know, Jimi Hendrix performances from it and a couple other musical numbers. But yeah, this is my first time sitting down and watching the whole thing.
0: Yeah, there's, I'm the same way. its I had seen the performances from all the greats that I am a fan of that performed there, Hendrix. Sly in the Family Stone, mm-hmm. sha <laughs> <laughs> But this is my first time sitting down and just watching this movie. Cool. And we watched the director's cut, which is on HBO Max and is three hours and 44 minutes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, the original cut was apparently three hours and four minutes, but apparently does not exist in any form currently that I could find. hmm
1: I guess there's, like, additional uh, versions, too, that include, like, Creedence, Clearwater Revival, and other, another...
0: Yeah, I I guess John Fogarty had insisted to not actually be in the film, Hmm. which is really weird, because apparently Creedence is the reason that Woodstock exists the way it does. They were the first band to sign on to Woodstock, at least, like, big-name band, and everybody who had turned it down was like, oh, well greens is the greatest band of all time so if they're gonna do it (laughs) there's no reason we shouldn't do it yeah all right um so unlike every or our last three weeks this film has an oscar breakdown. breakdown all right so this film actually got nominated for three academy awards Ooh. it wins best documentary uh beating out other things Oh, including King, A Filmed Record, Montgomery to Memphis. That seems Hmm. like a film that maybe should have won Best Documentary. Yeah. Uh, It gets nominated for Best Sound, which it loses to our main series episode, uh, Patton. And it gets nominated for Best Film Editing. But Thelma Shoemaker, the only name of the seven editors (laughs) nominated for Best Editing.
1: Interesting. I don't know the reason why. Do you, do you or is there like not really any reason?
0: She's probably just the lead editor. Yeah. Like, all right. So Roger Ebert wrote up an entire piece about getting to hang out with the filmmakers while they were editing this film. It's a really interesting watch. Uh, I wanted to share it with you, but. There's also that thing where I like to kind of control the narrative, so I'm sorry. I'm a control No, that's freak. fine. No, it's all good. <laughs> I, will, I will find it and I'll share it with you um are done but essentially uh roger ebert got to hang out with like these people as they're editing the film there's a picture of him just hanging out with marty and Thelma and, uh michael wadley it's, it's... <clears throat> so i guess thelma's probably doing most of the physical editing uh while the i, I believe it was 17 or 18 cameras worth of footage which totals out to like 120 hours of footage was sifted through by seven people and they had to create like a narrative from it yeah so my guess is that she does most of the physical editing because that's what she does and that's why she's a badass
1: yeah i i'd never seen um Well, I mean, I've, I've seen some other things that use the technique a little bit, but the, the three panels of stuff going on at the same time saying, it sounds like it could be overwhelming, but it really wasn't to me. I, I enjoyed seeing the different angles of stuff going on and like seeing the crowd or the musicians or different musicians playing at the same time. It really did help build that narrative. And I'm, i I imagine that's the only way that you could fit (laughs) all that footage into a a movie, keeping it under 10 hours or something.
0: Yeah. And apparently the original cut was seven hours. Hmm. They, they, they had whittled it down to seven hours within like months of its release. And we're still like, yeah, we got to get seven down to three somehow.
1: Yeah. As far as like a, you know, it's really, cool to think you know about marty and thelma working on this because he's such a music nerd and it shows in his film and
0: yeah and i was kind of hoping to find a reason why he specifically was picked because i mean at this point he's released one narrative film and a few short films and Mm. it i don't know if he's just really good friends with michael wadley and uh i know that they couldn't get anybody to bankroll the film Mm. because nobody thought Woodstock was going to be a thing. In fact, um, I believe it was Tommy James and the Shondells were supposed to play it or were offered to play at Woodstock and their uh, manager had posed it to them as, Hey, some pig farmer wants you to play (laughs) in his field. (laughs) And, so they turned it down because that's, yeah. you know, it's 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 always funny when people are like, I couldn't believe people wouldn't want to play Woodstock. Why wouldn't you want to play Woodstock? What the fuck was Woodstock before yeah. August fifteenth, nineteen sixty nine?
1: Yeah, that yeah, I I read um a lot of the the artists that were uh, labeled like the Beatles said no, the Rolling Stones no, the Doors were all like, what is this? <laughs> I mean the, I mean it's understandable from like big huge names like that if somebody says, "Hey, come out to this giant farm somewhere off in the state of New York," yeah, wild. But um, yeah. I really really enjoyed watching this and it, it's it stands up beautifully as just like the concert footage and mm-hmm. you know really getting to live in the moment of what was happening and I I like that. They included all the interviews with people um, from around the town. And with, with the exception of a couple who were <laughs> complaining about the drug use or whatever, you know, everybody's like, oh, these these young people were so good and kind. And you made the country pr- proud by being peaceful and loving. And I what mean, I like.
0: to have a half a million people <laughs> in one place with, I mean, essentially no violence. hmm. I mean i'm sure there were scuffles and things that went on but there was no it wasn't what stock 99 like <laughs> which you know it that that's incredible yeah that's it, it really is something uh and yeah and this is just beautifully filmed oh yeah it's just you know the the way that they captured some of these artists and the intimacy that that they gave uh, they were able to get and the fact that apparently two of the camera people tore ligaments in their knees trying to get certain shots like
1: mm, yeah. man
0: they really suffered for the art yeah and, but it shows yeah and it pays off and mm. this is just a beautiful documentary i i was stunned at how just breathtaking so much of this was i yeah i honestly could have used a little less around around the festival i like some of the interviews they got but they had that extended like skinny dipping sequence which really felt like hey let's try to get as many naked people on camera as possible
1: (laughs) yeah it was a little weird you know shaving and throwing your loose hairs in the water (laughs) yeah Uh, that i mean i guess it speaks to the, the chillness of it but yeah that scene went on a little much yeah, it, it was a very long ways.
0: scene. <laughs> and it, and at the same time, I'm I'm curious to see what the the original cut looks like. Right. Because what what all got added. I know a lot of musical performances did. Thankfully. Thankfully Shana is in both versions. <laughs> Where are we without Shana.
1: Right. And I imagine there's like so much in a vault somewhere that couldn't be shown for privacy reasons or something or. Mm -hmm.
0: And then like, apparently Neil Young just didn't want to be on camera. Uh, But a big limitation is that they, they had to take out like $120,000 loan where I was Mm. getting at with, uh, nobody wanted to bankroll this film. Nobody did in the story. So they got $120,000 loan and all these, these young filmmakers just, Went out to Woodstock together and shot this movie together, yeah. and and this was the product.
1: Yeah, you have the budget in front of you, the budget and box office stuff. I was looking at that
0: here. Uh, actually, I ended up on the uh, on the actual Woodstock festival page because what I said August fifteenth, and I wanted to make sure that that was right because we're recording this on August thirteenth. Oh, so uh, I just thought it was interesting hmm Um. Yeah, I'm looking at the budget. It says it got a six hundred thousand dollar budget, and I wonder how much of that is uh them showing like rushes to studios, and the studios giving them the money to edit it. Yeah. Uh, I mean, one hundred twenty thousand dollars is what they started with. Yeah.
1: <laughs> but it made fifty million. Yeah that's that's a nice nice return,
0: yeah I can't beat that
1: <laughs> yeah the the music it's just I'm a classic rock junkie I i can't you know this psychedelia uh, of the 60s and these Americana groups and stuff it just it, I dig it so I was really enjoying just the musical content of the show
0: right uh my wife just said that there was probably a lot of uh music licensing rights that Uh. went into that budget so warner brothers probably had to pay a ton of money in r-i-a-a that makes sense so that also makes sense to me Mm -hmm. uh but editing 120 hours worth of film is also very expensive (laughs) (laughs) yeah I, i i am also really big into classic rock like i grew up listening to our local classic rock station as a kid and uh really got into Hendrix and like my middle school days and the Doors. So there's a lot of stuff in here that I really enjoyed. You know Crosby Stills and Nash was a really good performance even mm-hmm. though Young was there but didn't want to be on film. Right. Uh and Sly and the Family Stone is is just Come absolutely on. one of my favorite musical acts.
1: Yeah. I can't help but shake my booty in my chair
0: when they're on have you watched summer of soul on hulu yet no put that at the top of your list uh quest love directed a documentary called summer of soul about the harlem music festivals in the summer of 1969 and it's just a completely different atmosphere than this but still very much the same result and sly the family stone is the only holdover act of the of the two films and they burn that stage down too. <laughs> um, yeah. And then of course, Sean <laughs> and played Woodstock, man. It's the funniest thing that ever happened in the history of life.
1: Like you mentioned, they just cut away from that, that interview <laughs> and it's just like, bam, there they are.
0: <laughs> yeah
1: yeah it, it's, it's one of those things like it wasn't anything until it was but you know now it is such a cultural moment and i like that um you know it's not the most diverse crowd but they made a point of showing that yeah we've got uh we've got some people of all walks of life in this and you got different music acts that um represent different things um yeah,
0: and- and like you start out with Richie Havens, yeah, uh, a black guitarist who is excellent. Oh God, that performance is wonderful. Yeah, Santana's in there, and mm-hmm. uh, of course Hendrix. Yeah. And it's it's Hendrix with the uh, Gypsy Sun and Rainbows, so it's not Mitch Mitchell and uh, Noel Redding backing him up. So it's not the white guys with the huge afros anymore,
1: right? <laughs> and it's also it's like thinking about this movie coming out and then within a few months, both Janis Joplin and Hendrix have died. It's kind of wild. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Just tragic. And I know he's not in the film, but uh, Jim Morrison will be passing away here in like the next year. Yeah. I liked,
1: uh, (laughs) I, I wonder who like had the camera when, um, Grace Slick was on uh, screen because they're they're really giving her some um, some visual affection there. I mean, she looked gorgeous, obviously. So obviously, <laughs> but I I enjoyed that little uh, glossy view of her. Right. Um. You know, I'm finding another uh, kind of hard to say things beyond you know, a lot of it is the music and the music's great and. Um, big themes of love, and you know, talking about Vietnam and um, I, meaning of life and stuff it's just
0: yeah. And, and I really like a lot of the uh, the way that they frame uh, some song, certain songs around the themes that they're about. Mm-hmm. Uh, the way that uh, was it, John Sebastian comes up and uh, starts talking about how the generations need to get along much more and much better and starts playing younger generation. And they're just flipping through shots of children who are at Woodstock.
1: Yeah. That's another thing. I never really realized that there were like kids like that at Woodstock.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And and then he like starts out, starts out his segment with like telling someone that the child had just been born at Woodstock. Yeah. (laughs)
1: Like I read some of there were like three kids that were born there over those three days. That's, (laughs) <laughs> that kid's insane. gonna be
0: far out man <laughs> i think he um, was also on acid
1: probably i mean a lot of those like watching joe cocker sing i like he was
0: on something for sure <laughs> oh god i oh, love watching joe cocker sing yeah i yeah. love watching joe cocker sing so much i watched that one season of american idol with taylor hicks <laughs> and rooted for him the entire time because he reminded me so much of <laughs> joe cocker
1: that is interesting i I'll have to go back and I remember him, but I don't remember the connection.
0: Also, also to find out that this was only Crosby stills Nash's second performance. Oh yeah.
1: When they said this is our second time in front of people. I'm like, Whoa.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Like all of them had been with other bands, like the birds or, uh, uh, Buffalo Springfield, Mm -hmm. but had only performed once in front of people as Crosby stills and Nash. That's so weird.
1: Yeah. I saw somewhere where you know there was some frustration after the after the festival was over by some of the local folks, just you know from the cleanup and and some of the money uh, that mm-hmm. they need. But it feels like the producers got their money from the film and you know made everything kind of right and um. Oh, well, now the land is kind of a preserved landmark, mm-hmm. um, and I think that's cool that you know. Ultimately, the good feelings persist and everything was groovy. groovy man. Other than, I guess, a uh, couple overdoses and one person that got killed by like a tractor who was sleeping. Apparently
0: someone went to sleep under a tractor and yeah. when the farmer started up the tractor, he didn't realize a human being was under there and just yeah. ran them over yeah. that poor that poor farmer. Yeah, that's unfortunate.
1: But, you know, for that to be the only thing... Happened with like you said, a half million people there. That's
0: yeah, impressive. That's very impressive. All right,
1: I'm really glad that we chose this. Like, even though it wasn't specifically like a Scorsese film, I'm 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 glad that I got to watch it.
0: Yeah, and and I really wanted to check it out because with him being an assistant director on it Mm -hmm. and being so so green, well, green. But I was going to say so. instrumental in how the film got cut as well yeah yeah. like he wasn't a silent voice on this he wasn't someone who just showed up and worked a camera and then edited some film he was a a creative on this yeah and um the fact that we will be covering multiple rock documentaries from him later on yeah point i thought it was interesting to watch where he kind of cut his teeth on (laughs) this style of uh this style of filmmaking yeah and
1: for to come out of the box like this and make such a incredible and and classic documentary it's like well done
0: yeah i i absolutely feel like he's he's one of the camera people on stage if if he's if he's a camera at all he's on he's got to be in the stage part of this yeah because i mean again when when we see some things later and I, and not too much later either like we got the last waltz coming up really soon yeah yeah and the band who's not in this film at all is at woodstock so you know that's just another connection that we get to make in a few weeks all right so you got anything else
1: um no mm-hmm. other than you know i really i'd really recommend people watching it if they have any kind of interest in um Music of the era. Uh even if you don't, it, it is such a pivotal kind of cultural moment that it that's got a little something for everybody. I mean, like like you said, there is some kind of weird <laughs> nudity inclusion that doesn't really need to be there, especially like one there's a scene where they zoomed in on a kid and I was like, What is that? Don't do that.
0: Yeah. There's <laughs> but, And you know and I understand putting nudity in the film because free love and, and so and, yeah and I, i'm not even i'm not even like completely against the the naked children mostly because the the inclusion of it was kind of like look the nudity is innocence. yeah and yeah. nobody's doing this as a sexual thing right I mean, there is sex happening but the nudity itself is not part of the sexualization True. it is but when that one scene just keeps going and going it's like okay yeah. you're you're you you're lingering a little too much and right. that that makes me feel like you're making a sexual thing of it even though the point of this scene is to be like it's not sexual it's True. Mm. yeah
1: they they did follow one particular woman a little longer too and i was like oh, okay
0: <laughs> yeah all right um uh, this is in the national film oh. registry as we had said on the main series episode which was Patton. go listen to that hmm? uh would you like to guess a year for me? I'm going to guess 94. Oh, you are so close. I can't believe how close you are. And you win the Price is right. Oh, 96. Oh, okay. Man, you were almost there. Mm, dang. One of these days. One of these one days. One of these days. Yeah. I believe in you. <laughs> I guess we do a worthy judgment. <laughs> I guess it doesn't work as much that he's not the main creative. He's not Michael Wadley, but is this uh, Scorsese's worst film?
1: No, I think this is the best one we've covered so far, to be honest. Um, I'm going to go with what's a nice girl like you still being his weakest that we've covered so far.
0: I agree with you on that side. I think I might prefer the big shave. Uh, Just because again, I think it really works for what it's trying to say in the short amount of time that it says it. Okay. Um but this is a much more long form and I think it um, again unfortunately we watched the director's cut so I'm curious how much tighter the original cut is mm-hmm. and how much less it wanders. Yeah. Um I I hope the uh the guy cleaning out the outhouses is still in the original cut.
1: Yeah, that was a nice moment.
0: Yeah, that was a really oh, nice one.
1: Also forgot to shout out the guy dancing with the sheep. I really yeah, <laughs> just oh. there for a second, but he's
0: and, and the couple having sex in a field. I'm glad we got yeah. that on camera. <laughs> that was sarcasm. Yeah. Um so anyway, I I think it wanders a little bit. It it I, I definitely think it's a gorgeous documentary and everybody should see it. Uh if you don't want to watch 3 hours and 44 minutes, you can watch it in chunks. It's it's it breaks yeah. up really well. Um, but there are just some some scenes that I think go a little too long on the interview sides or the again yeah. the skinny dipping sides, and the the film suffers for it overall. But it's not so egregious that it's unwatchable. Yeah. Where can people find you?
1: They can find me on Critiker at Zachmaster X A K K M A S T E R or TikTok at House Havoc. How
0: about you? You can follow me on Instagram, Twitter, Letterboxd, where I keep a running tally of all the movies that I watch and a list of Martin Scorsese's films ranked, which is only one film that I'm keeping on there right now. I don't think I'm going to add Woodstock to it. And uh, and TikTok, at Father of the Fear, across all platforms. Zach, what are we watching next week?
1: Next week, we are watching The Unholy Rollers, which is on YouTube for free. Paul mentioned uh, it's like stuck two uh, copies of it so it might show up as three hours but it's only an hour and 28 minutes. Um, it's also available on Amazon Prime if you have a, a special subscription and Ethics Now
0: subscription also. Ooh, uh, we'd like to thank trap for my sister podcast Level Up with Jim Thanks for producing our show. We'd like to thank Chad Ramsey for our most excellent theme song. We'd like to thank Megan and Jay Bellevue for our beautiful artwork. Uh, you can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Oscars the Pod and on Facebook at The Oscars the Podcast and don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and leave us a nice five star review on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher really helps us to be seen in the almighty rhythm of Al Yes. yeah Zach, I don't like just saying for Zach so I guess the, for the two of us uh, I don't know I'm going to figure out a better sign off for this <laughs> it's just the two <laughs> of us uh, have a damn fine day